What's up, everyone? My name is Joshua, and welcome to Headliners. My amazing wife is not joining us today, but she will be back. She made the last one so much fun, and uh, I can't wait to do this. This is very spontaneous. Those of you who don't know what Headliners is, Headliners is basically my version of the current events, what's trending, and things that I find interesting that are in the news currently. And um, I don't know about you, but I personally find it very, very interesting that a lot of the news that's given to us is always given through one lens. So depending on which channel you go to will be uh, depending on what kind of information that you're going to get with headliners and what I do, because I personally don't like any of those sides <laughs> as far as political parties or affiliations. I try to be you know, have as much common sense as possible. And I try to, um, uh, I, I just try to see through the BS as much as possible. Now, of course, at this point, I'm a little bit jaded because after two and a half years of seeing what's gone on in the media and what's fueled my fire for what we do at the Live Mono Worldwide Foundation, my wife and I's nonprofit media company, and also even what we do with teaching shadow CEO or media company in a box, any of those programs that I offer on my website, joshuatberglund.com, you know, this is all about giving people the tools and, and uh, the delivery mechanism to be the media. And when you, a lot of people think of media, they think of, well, what they see on TV. And that's one element of it. There's so many variations of it. Media has multiple uh, different opportunities different vehicles, if you will, to drive in to, to get your content out, to get the messaging out. Audio, there's tons of audio distribution outlets now. There's tons of print distribution outlets. There's tons of video distribution outlets. Then there's also when you can combine it and create it and have it as one offering, which is what we have on my website. But then also we take advantage of um, all of the different distribution that's available. Now, the only thing that we promote ever is our website or our apps, which you can download our app on the app store now. But there's one point, one thing that I get to market. That's it, my website. And so whatever mood I'm in, because if you've ever, if you followed my journey at all, <laughs> I have different moods and sometimes different characters or different ways that I feel like I'm expressing myself. It's, it's really interesting when I... So before I had media company in the box, the way that I would distribute my content, and I'm getting into headliners, I promise, because I'm excited about this, even though I have no idea what's there. I've kind of forgotten, <laughs> but it's going to be entertaining for sure. But one of the things that was so frustrating, and one of my friends uh, who is just now signed up for media company in the box, she was like, I was looking at your website, and I love how it's all categorized, but yet it's one source. So I've created multiple broadcasts over the years. Gratitude Unfiltered, Gratitude Unfiltered AM, Gratitude Unfiltered Remixed, <laughs> A Conversation with Joshua T. Berglund, Sp Spoken Word by Joshua T. Berglund. Uh, there's more. There's a lot more. Uh, Society of Kingdom Minds. Anyway, I've done all of these broadcasts, produced a bunch of different content, and but it all went to different distribution points. It wasn't streamlined. And even though I linked everything to my website, still my business was like separated and divided, not neatly categorized into one place. 
but the broadcasts are not all that, that I do. I have other services. I have other things that I've created, like a movie and a book. So I love Media Company in a Box because depending on whatever mood or whatever I feel like creating that day, I get to create. If I want to do an interview, that's one section. If I'm going to do a spoken word, one section. This show, Headliners, which is my favorite one to do because, well, this is the closest thing to being like regular talk radio that I get to do. And I love it. Like there's those little segments where they read the headlines and the the trending and current events. Like this is my take on it, but it's a little crazier. So because it's not planned, it's not scripted. And I promise you all those other shows are scripting because they have to watch what they say. I don't. I host my own content because and I don't have to be afraid of being deplatformed because I'm hosting my own content. So if you're a creator out there and you're tired of or, what a creator, a media person, a creative, an artist, because I think a creative and a creator could be looked at as two different things or it can looked at as the same. It doesn't matter. It depends on how you view things. And that's the thing. Going into new media, going into the new world, going into this new opportunity that we're all going to have and we've had for two and a half years to start building. But now we get to keep our money. We get to create as we see fit. We don't have to bend and shape our rules and how we be to fit into that platform. Now you just get to be yourself. Every one of the social media platforms that are out there, including YouTube, they force you to do things the way that they want you to, to get their algorithm to pick up what you're saying and then distribute it. But if they don't like what you're saying, and if you're not doing it the way they want you to do it, guess what happens? They don't show you to everybody. But when you utilize media, the media that's available, especially, and you can do paid ads, you can do, you know, organic ads. Doesn't matter. There's there's free places to be able to post your link that goes to your website that you own. There's ways to do that. And then on top of that, to drive traffic. And by the way, get real traffic, real people that are really interested in what you have. Where social media, you're scrolling, 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 scrolling. You you see those views on your website. You, I mean, I'm sorry. You see those views on your social media. You see the likes. You see the retweets. You see all that stuff. But how many of them are coming over to buy what you have? How many? I don't know the answer. But I bet the percentages suck. And here's the thing I will I will just say bolt it like admittedly, boldly, whatever you want to call this. But it was an ego death to leave the way that I was distributing before through our foundation to start over. Even like even just promoting the, a new website, like to go, wow, we're gonna drop down from. 10,000, 100,000, 5,000, 1,000, 2,000, 5, we're going we're gonna to start to zero. That sucks. I've spent years building <laughs> the nonprofit. But here's what I've learned. This traffic that comes to joshuatberglin.com, this, and this is what I've learned about Media Company in the Box too, now that it's been out for a, a little over a month. The people that are coming to my website are coming on purpose with a purpose, whether it's to listen, whether it's to watch, whether it's to learn, whether it's to read, whether it's 
for services, advice, whether it's for prayer. But everyone that's there is there for a reason, even if it's to send me something nasty and mean. And I can handle that too. I'm okay with that. Perfectly okay with that. I don't expect to be liked, especially with the stuff that I talk about. I had somebody from my gym listen to my podcast with a cat on the loose. Well, that's always comfortable. <laughs> it's one thing when you're talking behind a camera and mic, and it's like, well, this is going out digitally. So I'm never going to see those people that actually listen to my show and listen to what I talk about. And then when you meet them in person, it's like, oh, well, you know, now you know everything about me. But here's the thing. There's a freedom in that. Like, I'm not worried. I don't really worry about what people say about me because I've already said all the bad stuff about me. Everything else is just an opinion and it looks like you're piling on. I mean, I will tell you this, if you're a former junkie or deadbeat or ugh, an abuser or anything bad, or you're, you battled your sexuality and you were a cheater and I mean, any of the things that you worry about and you worry about people finding out, I mean, that just steals all your energy. And it's easy to say, it's really, really easy to say that, well, you know, I, I don't care what people think. And then, of course, you kind of really do care because you don't let people see the real you because you're afraid of backlash. Now, be, the real you is not a jerk. The real you is not a, uh, a liar or a manipulator. The real you is straightforward and honest because that's what you were created to be. And yet at the same time, these things that we keep secret because we're worried about judgment, I mean, you could look at it one of two ways. Either that secret you're wanting to keep is not really who you are, or it is you, but you're ashamed of it. And I was like that. Gosh, I'm supposed to be doing headliners right now. I'm going into a whole completely other thing. I'm going to start headliners in two minutes, I think. But I got to tell you something, I, and I've said this before, but I believe that God gives you the grace to walk out what you believe is true long enough for him to go, <laughs> yeah, see, that's that's not right for you after all, is it? But what do you do? This is a question for all of you. Feel free to comment where where you can. But what if you are walking out what you want to be true and then realize that it's true, but what you were walking out is actually something that offends or would cause judgment or would cause people that, I don't know, to look at you differently or to say that you aren't real? Or what if something that you decide is okay for yourself and you feel good about it, you feel right about it, but yet your religion tells you no. Well, I'm going to say this before I start headliners. I spent my entire life trying to please other people. There's a lot of levels to that, what I just said. But then I became a believer. I gave my life to the Lord. I had this miraculous experience that I would love to explain. I'd love to really understand the scientific breakdown of that experience that happened to me when I was in jail, my sixth time, facing five years. I would love to know what that experience was. But I, I will say this, after I gave my life to the Lord, I spent a lot of time 
trying to fit into that box of what the other people that share my faith, or that's the way I used to say it, that the, the people that share my faith, I guess you could call them Christians or followers of Christ. I spent my whole time serving the Lord, trying to fit into their box so that I would be accepted by believers. Cause I haven't been accepted by any crowd. And I wasn't even, I mean, I, you know, my shadow world crowd, no one even remembers who the heck anyone is unless they have photographs or video of the evidence. But in that world, you don't exchange names a lot. It doesn't happen. It's in the shadows. But in the Christian world, you got to fit into their box or that's what it is. I mean, I my experience with church is everything's great when you're going to church, but if you don't sign up for all their classes and serve the way that you want you to serve and really just fall in line, they got no time for you. They want to decide where you get to volunteer and where you get to sign up and where, what kind of role that you can have. I had a problem with that. But the other part was just even fitting in with going to a Bible study of these churches. And I tried because I, I know what my gifts are. I know what my talents are. I know what I'm capable of because I get to do it every day for other people. But the church rejected me. That's the one place I wanted to fit in. That's the one place. And you know who gave me my opportunity to serve and use my gifts and my talents? My, the gifts and talents that I, God gave me, the gifting that I have, and I'm, I'm very blessed to have. I said two minutes on headliners. I, I guess I lied. I didn't mean to. Um, but all those people, like the, the people where I wanted to serve and give everything away to, I was rejected and, and they turned on their back on me. Now, that's man. God didn't do that. I'm not mad at God. I'm not even mad at Jesus or anyone else. I'm not even mad at those people for rejecting me. I was at first, I was butthurt and sad and thought, well, God, I guess I'm not a good enough Christian to fit into this little box. Well, I walked away from that box a long time ago. And after being exposed to what I've been exposed to over the course of my life and pointing out and seeing hypocrisy after hypocrisy and contradiction after contradiction, I've had enough of it. And I will say this. I worked so hard to please other believers to fit into their box so I would have an opportunity to serve with and through the church and to help other churches. Well, that didn't work. And I made myself miserable and I walked away depressed and I was constantly switching, which with the idea is not a good thing because you switch to different altars. And that affected my relate. The church affected my relationship with the Lord. I allowed it to. I'm not blaming the church. I allowed it because I was trying to fit into a place I didn't belong. That's why. Fit into a place I didn't belong. And I have had enough. I don't want to do that anymore. And I haven't been doing it. But now I'm really not going to do it. I'm not going to do it. I'm going to quit apologizing for picking apart the Bible because it deserves to be picked apart doesn't change my faith in God. It doesn't affect my relationship with the Lord one bit because I have the Holy Spirit to tell me, the Holy Ghost, the Great Spirit, whatever you want to call that amazing gift that we have that fuels our visions, our dreams, our intuition, our purpose, our internal guidance system. 
I would rather make that that voice happy than try to please any man because I know one thing for a fact. When I go against what that spirit inside me tells me to do, my life becomes hell, and I'm tired of going through it. I'm tired of putting my family through it because that's what it does. I'm going to be what I was created to be and not apologize it for one bit. I'm not going to apologize for my sexuality, not going to apologize and make excuses for the Bible that they put. There's, I, I'm just not going to, I'm just done apologizing for it. And I promise you, I'm not going to feel guilty for my sexuality either. You know why? I've said it over the years quite a bit, but now I'm going to really say it. I'm going to say it. And I'm going to say it clear because not wishy-washy, nothing. I'm going to say it in a way that I didn't even remotely sound apologetic at all. Because you see, I've said before that when I, when I just allow myself to be and I'm present and in the moment and I'm not closing myself off, and I had to close myself off every time that I would notice that, well, I'm attracted to a man or a man is showing his attraction to me. And I would close myself off and shame myself to death that then all of a sudden other things in my life went wrong. Why is that? Well, you've got other sin, people would say. Or, well, that's a spirit and a demon. You need to get rid of it. Well, you know, God has taken away a lot of things in my life. I mean, things that I've asked him to take away. Um, I'm not an addict anymore. Uh, I'm not... Like I'm not a junkie anymore. Uh, the fruits of my life are amazing. And, and that is living as a bisexual man or a fluid man, whatever you want to call it. I don't care. That's who I am. Like I begged God for years to take it away and he didn't take it away. And this is who I get to be. I support the LGBT community. I don't support the agenda. I, in fact, I don't really support any agenda but truth. And the biggest truth that we all need to get our heads wrapped around is our own. Because nothing else in this world can we can be certain of is true. People talk all about all the time about the Bible being the literal word of God. It's not the literal word of God. It cannot be the literal word of God it, because it's been modified so many times. We don't even know the authors of the Gospels. People think that Mark, Matthew, Mark, Matthew, Luke, and John. <laughs> no, they are not the authors of those books. The book, the authors that are what anonymous, like. I'm going to get to something. I actually know one thing that's in headliners. I'm going to get to it. So it's going to be a surprise. So I'm going to shut up now and do headliners after a 20 minute rant. This is supposed to be fun and I'm all fired up, but I can't help it. This is me, man. This is me. And this is my passion. And if you don't like it, go somewhere else. I don't care. I'm going to be me. And that's the beautiful thing about new media. That's the beautiful thing about this vehicle that media gives us. It allows us to be who we are and not apologize it because someone out there is going to like it. It doesn't need to be the masses. You don't need to have 20 million followers to be happy. You don't need any of that stuff. Being you is the only way that you will ever receive that what God has for you. It's being you, the real you, the authentic you. And guess what? If you, the authentic you, 
just so happens to be in conflict with what God wants for you, God's going to take it away. Not the church, not your religion, not the Bible, God himself, the creator of this world, the creator of all that is, the creator that is in you, that's outside of you, that's everywhere. He will take it away if it doesn't belong to you. But if it does, it's going to be there. So quit apologizing for being you. Okay, rant over. We're doing this now. Headliners, ladies and gentlemen, my favorite. <laughs> this is my favorite, my favorite, favorite, favorite thing to do. Okay. Ooh, let's see. We're going to just pick the first one. I don't want to read this. Check this out right here. Uh, Elon Musk tweets image of spaceship arc escaping. What is this all about? You know, Elon, okay, so this is in the conspiracy forum in Reddit. Starship takes beans of Earth to Mars. And it's a meme. I don't know, this is from a couple weeks ago or a week ago. Um, have mercy. This, so this whole, I don't know if you've ever heard of this book. This is not necessarily going to be a lot of commentary on <laughs> the, the, the meme that he posted. But there's a book about an Elon in the 1950s and it's about the boy going to mars so you could have some fun world won't spend time on it today but you can just search like the book 1950s 1960s i believe it was about elon musk or about elon and it's this fictional story but yet when you read it it sounds so eerily similar to elon today the one we have today the one that owns tesla that supposedly is stepping down from twitter who knows? But it just all feels like this giant gaslighting thing. And and then there's the book about um, the last president that was written God knows when. I don't even remember the date, which is about some people say Trump. And then there's a boy named Baron Trump that's written in these books. So like, is this guy a time traveler? This is what the conspiracy world talks about, right? And it's really, really interesting. But you got to think that some form of time travel is possible. If they can move objects with sound, and yes, they can do that, which also proves, by the way, that frequency and vibration kind of matter. It, 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 in fact, it does matter. I did an episode years ago on my Josh versus Joshua broadcast, um, <laughs> which was it. The Josh versus Joshua that that was short lived because that was me just like embracing the multiple personalities and as, actually. If I would have had media company in the box back then, I would have quit changing names of all my shows and just like categorized it the way it is now. Just an extension of all my di different personalities. When you go to my website and look under video, that's what it is. <laughs> it's, it's, it's all of my personalities on display, all of my interests. It's all right there, simplified, but it's all different content. It's, it's awesome. Anyway, I lost my train of thought, which happens, so just deal with it. Oh, this one's going to be good. I didn't do this on purpose. This was not like planned. How a Bible error changed history and turned gays into pariahs. Jeez, that one's rough. Oh, it's going to make me download the app. It's on my phone. Here, I'm going to scan it and just read from here. Because <laughs> we have technology. We can do stuff like that. Okay. Scan, dude. Yeah, scan. Um, 
This is not good radio or good podcast. This is podcast only, though. So you won't be able to see me making a goof of myself. Come on, man. Scan. Uh, okay. Now I got to do it on my phone. Please hold. Here we go. Okay. Now I can read this. Should have just done this for my phone altogether. Oh, it's so now that I'm talking to myself, this sounds like fantastic uh, radio. Okay. Have mercy. Here we go. So I did an episode. Boy, that was just like a bunch of dead air. My bad. Apologize. So I did an episode. <laughs> Forgive me. I did an episode called gay, bisexual, and perverted Christians uh, a while back. And um, you can Google it. It's also on joshuatberglund.com. You go under podcast, you will see the Libmana network. It's there. You can find it there. But it, it talks about this very thing. And so now this is in the, um, in the news, this article, which is kind of cool because I just got done talking about this. But part of what made me so bold about this speaking out against people attacking homosexuals, I don't support sluttiness, and, but it's also none of my business. Like, it's my own personal choice. I used to be like that. I don't support that. I don't, I don't support sinning against your body. I don't do any of that. And I'm not even talking about the, the overzealous crap that comes out of some people's mouths. I, I think that that's left up to you. I think you know what you're doing. I'm not going to bash anyone for doing what they're doing at all, especially the way that I've seen God work in my life. I've seen God use divorce to set up a blessing. I mean, meaning the divorce was a blessing. I've seen God have me marry somebody I didn't know. And you could say, well, that was the devil all you want. But I kind of know how things worked out for me because of that marriage. God will use anything, including the devil to get a message to you because the devil can't do anything without God's permission, which brings me back to the brain being the garden of Eden and that conversation, but I won't go into that now. Okay. So this is in the news. The word homosexual and heterosexual were first coined as German nouns by Austrian born Hungarian psychologist, Kyrola Maria Benkert. Whew. In her late 19th century, in the late 19th century, who wrote under the pseudonym K.M. Kurt Benny. Can I have some easier names, please? It's like trying to read these names out of the Bible. It's just really hard to do. Ed Oxford is a scholar and a researcher, a gay Christian, as well as a graduate of the Talbot School of Theology. His specialty is the history of the Bible, focusing on Bible translation with a focus on the Greek and Hebrew translations, especially those that relate to human sexuality. And by the way, in that episode that I did, and I know a lot of people listen because I can see it, um, and people are still listening to it, I, I put out the challenge, if any legal scholar wants to come on and debate this and provide evidence to disprove what was read in that episode, or even what's being read in this one, you're welcome anytime. I will make, I will roll out the red carpet for you because I'd love to have this conversation because I'm so tired 
of seeing other people's man-made rules be used to hurt other people and just had enough of it anyway i don't need to read all these people who cares okay the division that exists between social and christian conservatives and the lesbian gay and bisexual and transgender community through education training and dialogue in both secular and religious environments each had been dedicated to researching the rules of anti-gay theology and together have written a forging a secret they've written forging a sacred weapon how the bible became anti-gay and they are also the researchers behind the documentary 1946 the mistranslation that shifted culture in the process of this research, they discovered boxes and boxes of notes in the Yale University's archives, among them half-century-old letter written by young seminary, Sumerian, seminarian named David S. to the RSV, Revised Standard Version of the Bible Committee. Now the Revised Standard Version of the Bible is, according to the National Council of Churches, the authorized revision of the American Standard Version, published 1901, which was a revision of the King James Version, published in 1611. How many revisions do there need to be? I thought we were not supposed to mess with the Word of God. Do as they do as I say, not as I do. Is that what happens here? Like. I'm not going to keep repeating the same examples I, that I have in other shows because I realize there's a new audience every day, but still, it, it, this just, we hurt so many people we love over what other people say. And we just assume that it's true because they said it because they have a title after their name or researcher or doctor or Esquire or POTUS or whatever. The truth is inside of you. It's inside of you. It's not from a book. It's not. It, the book is awesome. It is. But just accepting it because it's true, because there's a story behind it, and just going along with it and then saying you did your research. Well, okay, let me ask you something. The research that you did, who funded it? Who funded the information that you got? That's where you have to start from in trying to figure out what's true or not. But I'll save you a lot of time. Test it in your spirit. If your spirit, if your body rejects it, then it's not for you. But if your spirit just wants to wrap its arms around it, come on. Maybe you should pay attention to that. So further, as Oxford shares with Forge, a nonprofit organization that creates space for post-evangelical conversation, which includes tools, resources for LB. I don't want to read all this. I'm just going to post this article because this is going to get unfun because I'm just going to sit here. This is going to go against what I wanted to do. And um, here, let's do the Jordan Peterson article. I want to have fun with this. I always, what happens is I end up getting so serious and passionate about these subjects that I go off on too long on them and I lose people. Okay. We're going to move on, but I'm going to post all these links in the media kit, but you can find it at joshuatberglin.com. 
because it's super interesting. Oh, Jordan Peterson issues a dire warning to woke totalitarian, total, total, total social credit system is highly probable. Let me say that one more time in English. Jordan Peterson issues dire warning, woke totalitarian, totalarian, total <laughs> So basically, a social credit score is highly probable. No kidding. What do you think the new internet's going to be about? What do you think the new financial system is going to be about? What do you think the last two and a half years has been about? And by the way, all these people in the media that are talking about this stuff, they're all part of the script. No, there's no heroes in this. You're the hero. You have the opportunity to be the hero of the story. Not this guy, not any other guy. By the way, his agency is CAA. And if you know anything about CAA, the world's biggest, most powerful a group of uh, what do you call those people? Agents, the agency, world's most powerful. He's represented by them. I, you, I'll stop there because, yeah, I don't want to get killed for talking about this. Never mind. Oh, something wholesome. Let's go to wholesome. I like wholesome's good. Oh, this story. This is not what I, um, Oh, the story is so good. Okay, I thought this was the one of the the Asian guy that built a, a an Audi out of wood for his little daughter. <laughs> Which, by the way, that video was amazing. Okay, so this quote says, "Imagine your lost child feels. I'm sorry. Imagine that your child feels so lost from you that they sink into the arms of a complete stranger and sob endlessly just because that stranger is wearing a shirt." offering hugs from a dad dad gives over 700 free hugs at pride parade to kids rejected by their parents that makes me want to weep i want to give a giant hug to those who have been rejected by the church the parents and everybody else but this guy's got he's got the right idea i i get i feel led to share this story i've shared it before i'll share it again but um I'm not a prophet. I don't, but God gives me visions. And, and I've, and at that time in my life, I was a new Christian. I was going to a, uh, even though I didn't call myself a Christian, I mean, that's what I would have been categorized as. And um, I mean, I gave my life to the Lord, changed everything. But in the churches that I was going to, and I've talked about this as well, I was really in the, the fanatical <laughs> Uh, faith healing, um, the charismatic, the which then I realize is tied to prosperity gospel, and I didn't even realize it. Um, and I was right in the middle of it, all of it. You know, people were giving each other words and laying hands on each other, seeing people fall fall out and drop like jellyfish. <laughs> like I just, I saw all this stuff. It was crazy. And, um, but I'm caught up in it getting words from people. But anyway, and so, and I, what was taught to me is that, well, you can get words for people too. And, you know, you can learn that. And so anyway, I believed all that, which to be honest, even before I gave my life to the Lord, I got what now 
people call downloads and visions and words for people. I used to get that when I was a demon. And I can tell you what I told people. I mean, it necessarily wasn't like always demonic what I told them or rooted in demonic. But I mean, like at a bar, it could be at a bar. And I like knew what to say to people. And that's not just gift to gab. I knew could see things about the person. So, I, I mean, I knew all this stuff. But anyway, so I, this go now I'm back in the Uber car. I'm in L.A. Um, Uber pool in L.A. is the most fun experience in L.A. because you never know who you're going to sit next to. <laughs> and there's some very interesting people um, that were there. But anyway, one day I had to sit in the front seat. There's two girls in the back, maybe three girls. They were getting dropped off. And I felt something in my spirit. And in my spirit, I felt like I needed to ask for a word for this guy. Okay. And did. And all I heard was, tell him that God loves him exactly the way he was, I think it was, or tell him that God loves him. It was, it was something really simple. So after the girls in the back seat leave, I'm still sitting in the front. He goes, you can get in the back if you want. I'm like, no, that's cool. I mean, I'm right here. You're about to drop me off. I go, hey, this is going to sound really crazy, but I feel like I'm supposed to tell you something. It's like, what? I said, well, I think I'm supposed to tell you that God loves you exactly the way you are. And uh, so evidently that was like real because he needed to hear it at that time. And that moment starts weeping, he's crying his eyes out. And he's like, I've been rejected from the church and been rejected to my, from my family because I'm gay. You know, you know, what's interesting about that is that the very thing that changed my life it what like i gave my life to the lord but it took i mean 2 years in and like really struggling still beating myself up and still this yo-yo effect and guilt and shame and it was when i finally accepted that god loves me the way i was that i was able to start making loving decisions for myself why is that well, I think it's because God's inside of us and God's everywhere, but I'd also think because God's inside of us. And if we don't love ourselves, how in the world is anyone else going to love us? And since we're never going to be perfect and there's always going to be something about ourselves that is not perfect, how do you love yourself? Do you, if you, I mean, well, if you're supposed to love yourself the way Jesus loves you, well, Jesus loves you with perfection. And if he was the sinless one, his love is a whole different kind of pureness. But, but how do we see ourselves this way? Because if we can't love other people until we love ourselves, how do we love ourselves when we're not perfect? Oh, oh, wait a second. Maybe that's where forgiveness comes in, not just forgiving other people, but forgiving ourselves. And the more we start doing these self-loving activities, the more we start to heal, the more we become confident, the more confidence in who we are we become, and then we get to walk that out. And then comes more pruning. 
that doesn't belong to you. Nope, that's not really you. Nope, you don't need that relationship. No, you don't need that job. Nope. But yes, you need this. And yes, you need that. And yes, this person's perfect for you. And yes, 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 and yes. And then a no, and a no, and a no. And then a yes, and a yes, and a yes. But it's little by little, pick, 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 pick. Just straighten you out. Perfecting you. You start to veer off. Little correction. All to get back on that path. But you can't even get on that path to begin with until you get honest. And then I really believe that you can't stay on it until you learn to love yourself. Because it takes self-respect, takes self-love, it takes it takes confidence, it takes a boldness to do what you're created to do. And you can't do that until you know that God loves you the way that you are. You're created the way you are for a reason. And um, <laughs> until you start making loving choices for yourself, because a loving choice for yourself is sometimes walking away from a situation that seems comfortable. Sometimes loving yourself is walking away from good to get great. Oh, there's so much there. I could just talk for days about this. Oh, it looks like I need to clear some of this out because I have some of the same people. <laughs> so some of the same stories here. Um, I don't want to read this. Can, can this really define God? Mike Tyson went to Mecca. Um, he went to, and they're he's questioning the Quran and the Bible. A lot of people are questioning the Bible. And by the way, I'm not part of the great falling away. I've never been religious at all. I believe that Christ is inside of us because it says it in the Bible. But also just based on my own experience, there's no doubt that God is inside of me. No doubt at all. It's God inside of everybody. I just, I, I don't see it any other way. And another thing too, and not to get caught up in this back and forth crap that happens amongst Christians and believers, because I'm not in it. I'm not in that group. They can't agree on anything. I don't want to be associated with any group that is responsible for hating on another group. I'll just be the individual. And I'm still not even hating, because here's the thing. I don't blame people for believing what they've been told because it's how we've been programmed. It's how we've been conditioned to operate. Why wouldn't you trust your parents? I mean, <laughs> some of you are like, well, I can give you a reason. And yeah, that's true. But I mean, from a, let's go to innocent child, not jaded and, <laughs> and, and angry and traumatized. But through the eyes of a child, dad's hero, mom's perfect, freaking Mother Teresa, you know, or at least the stereotype of what she was. She's probably a child trafficker at this rate. Looks like Dr. Fauci. Has anyone ever noticed how Mother Teresa looks like Dr. Fauci? <laughs> anyway, I lost my train of thought again. Dad gummit. Oh, well, not that important. Oh, the Bible. Yeah, I don't want to trash that. Oh, I know what I was saying. The Billy Grant. Oh, so I was watching the video. 
Robert Smith and Billy Graham were talking. This is back before the Crystal Theater was built. Now that's filed for bankruptcy as new owners. Um, don't need that. We I don't believe that we needed the Crystal Ship Church that cost $50 million or whatever it was. But Billy Graham, the one that can most consider the greatest evangelist of all time, he said on video multiple times, he's also said it in books, that you don't have to be a Christian to go to heaven. What's true? Because he said, well, you know, there's parts of the world that don't have access to Jesus. They grew up in good, loving Muslim homes, Buddhist homes, but it all leads to God. This is Billy Graham saying that. What's true? I'm sure, I'm sure someone's got videos make, going after Billy Graham. In fact, there is a guy on Medium that I think he makes his living on going after Billy Graham and exposing exposing his Freemason roots and so so forth. But people still listen to all of his sermons. Is he a false prophet or not? Everyone's a false prophet. Really? I mean, at least from the church. Unless if they're being honest about, well, we're not reading it from a com complete Bible. If they're not being honest that what well, this is inspired by God, these are individual books and stories. You know, they possibly could be recreations off of other stories, like the Sumerian tablets. Yeah, that's all possible. I know that some people post a meme and show that, you know, there's all these other religions that have a savior. And that's not true. And then there's the argument that there's only one that has ever claimed to be a savior. Well, for one, we don't know that for sure. Um, and also, if you ever read the Gospel of Thomas, <clears throat> which is no, which is this is what Jesus said. That's it. You read it, and then you match it up against what's in the Gospels. What you see is that the gospels that so many people say is has the answer for everything and the gospels are awesome by the way but it lines up with the gospel of thomas but then it also reveals that there's stuff that's left out of the gospels that belong there because jesus said more words than what's in the bible in fact jesus said more words th than what was taken out of the bible too so I think people have to start asking questions about what we've been taught, what's been forced down our head, but forced down our throats, and also ask why do we believe what we believe? Now, I do believe it's true that there is a creator, there is God, and God has lots of names. I'm not disputing that Jesus existed or even that he's the savior. I'm not. But I'm also suggesting that this process of salvation and getting saved comes from within about as much as it does from without. And I believe it with all my heart. And you can call me a blasphemous all you want. I don't care. I really don't care. But I know one thing, I, I, and not that I've ever been this way anyway, because I've never been able to under, wrap my head around how the most amazing Muslim, like human being that I've met in my life is a Muslim, one of the most amazing godly people i should let me rephrase that one of the most amazing godly people i've ever met in my life was an elderly woman from afghanistan that was a muslim took me in when i was homeless the thought 
of her going to hell because she hasn't said Jesus died on a cross for my sins and now I'm saved. I know what the light of Jesus looks like in people. This woman had it. You tell me how this is possible. I don't know. The, my, my Hindu neighbors have the light of Jesus in them. So maybe there's something else going on. Maybe it's more metaphysical than what we pretend it is. Maybe the Bible is a much bigger, more powerful book than we've ever known. But because man has got his hands on it, and we've been taught it in such a way, we don't really even know what it's trying to say to us. Something to consider. All right. Can I have a... Oh, so, okay. This is an old article. This is the last one I'm going to go to, and then I'm going to move on or end this so I can... I don't want to subscribe to this. Oh, Mother Teresa. I forgot this one's on my phone too. <laughs> so there's an article. I'll just go into it because I don't. I'm not going to read it verbatim again anyway. Um, there is no doubt in my mind um there's no doubt in my mind that there's a holy spirit there's a god there's no doubt in my mind there's no doubt in my mind that what happened when i was in jail my sixth time facing five years there's no doubt in my mind what I experienced was supernatural or not. I mean, there was no doubt in my mind that what I experienced was indeed supernatural. So supernatural. And I said, like, I, 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 Jesus, I know you died on the cross for my sins. I said those things because it's what I knew to say. And what I was experiencing was powerful because I heard when I was screaming, why won't you fix me? Why won't you fix me like everybody else? Why won't you change me? I heard you have to forgive your father. Like so clearly. Was it my God brain? Was it the God inside of me? Did I hear it audibly as it felt? I it felt it vibrate up my spine when my when I heard when I said back to God, "Well, how the uh, f? I'm trying not to curse. How the f am I supposed to do that? How am I supposed to forgive him? Because it happened to him too. Was that outside of me?" Was that the God inside of me? Was that my conscious, my subconscious? What happened when I said, take my life, it's yours. My life is no longer my own. What happened when I felt like a lightning hit me from the top of my head and dropped me to the ground and lift me back up like that? Like that's the, the effect I felt. What was that? If that's not Jesus, then who is it?
what was it? What is the power? There is power in the name of Jesus. That you hear in the Christian circles, you hear that all the time. What if Jesus, if Jesus isn't real, then what, what was that? Why is Jesus's name powerful? Jesus's name has, you know, also is Joshua, Yeshua, Yeshua. There's a lot of different versions of that name. The letter J, of course, wasn't even invented until the 1600s. So how was there power in the name of Jesus if the letter J wasn't invented? So it's all very confusing, right? So is, are all these things just sayings that people have that we've accepted as true? And then we've made our mind believe it. Therefore, it is true. Like I started over the weekend, started researching the history of Jesus and his, his existence and looking at historical documents and back and forth. And you know what? There's just as much evidence that he didn't exist as there is that he did. And of course, the eyewitness accounts and things like that, it gets sketchy. So is historical Jesus a real person or was he created? Or is he real and everything else is propaganda? Or is it that Jesus is real, but the way we're being taught is off? Because there's wild inconsistencies across the board with everything. It's everything in the Bible, the translations of the Bible, what the preachers say what the end of the world has been because Christians have been waiting on the end of the world for how long now? So for me, I look at in the Bible today, still read the Bible. Still. I read other books. And I also seek information outside of the Bible. And I don't feel bad about it. In fact, the more information I seek outside of the Bible, the more the Bible makes sense. And I start to see it in a more of a metaphysical way and see it for the supernatural book it is, but you got to know the code to understand it. And that code, I think, <clears throat> is what's been hidden. And I think a lot of the answers have been removed. And it's like a game is being played. Like we are given, we, when we're born, we're put into this world to play a game. It's the game of life. And part of the game is navigating through the bullshit and, and finding out what's true. And for me, what I've found so far, the only thing that's true is what's inside of me. And everything else seems to be confusion, frustration. And I don't believe any of that's of God. So I'm not encouraging people to put away their Bibles, but I am encouraging people to quit for people to quit using it as a weapon. Thanks for listening.